What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to uh, donate to the show, and any donations would be greatly appreciated. I'm Gerard Detroit, and I'm here with Paul Vosch. Paul, we made it to 20 episodes. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, Gerard, there's a very important question that I have to ask you right away at the beginning of the show. Gerard, what is it, Paul? do you know what status is? I believe it is a marketing, <laughs> full-service marketing company <laughs> for all your needs. Oh, really? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I've, I've, that's the thing. Okay, so to the people that haven't watched the, uh, the Budokan show uh, on the TV feed, that ad basically ran like 5,000 times. And for some reason, it was completely in English, which is even more baffling. I think Suwama was like screaming stuff in Japanese in the commercial. Yeah, and I mean, Ishikawa was there too. Like, yeah, it was very bizarre. <laughs> it was, but it was definitely, I don't know, it was definitely entertaining, let's put it that way. Well, I guess we can start with that because I think you were watching it live, Paul, through some very legitimate means. As yes, I. very legitimate means. What did you think of the sort of television presentation, you know, versus what, you know, watching it on AGAPW.TV later? Um, I would say, I mean, it definitely came across like a little bit more like high quality just from like having that TV presence. 
but it was also kind of annoying like where they put some of those commercial breaks because there were actually like commercial breaks like within matches as well right which i definitely do not like because because they also didn't wrestle like because like because on american tv or whatever like they do like actual not take like breaks in the match but it's very clear whenever the match is like within commercial break whereas obviously like all japan wrestlers don't do that like they just wrestle a normal match even if there's no one actually watching it except for yeah, the none, of the, there. none of those referees had an earpiece no yeah exactly like so they just basically were like yeah we're just gonna wrestle and yeah i'm, I'm actually happy that he didn't accidentally cut to a commercial break like during the finish yeah and so the main event got cut off because oh, yeah. i was like there's no way they're gonna they're gonna. It, I figured it very early on. There's no way that they were gonna fit it in the remaining match. It was almost half the show left in two hours. Uh, but I mean, through I think the means that we all may have watched on, did not have access to the chant. Like it switched over, mm-hmm. and it's had like you switch over to BS one forty two, and then there was like instructions on the screen and everything. So it's not ideal. But I think people think that maybe it was a disaster because it just went off the air. It did not actually go off the air. So, like, I saw people on, like, in Japan on Twitter posting, like, pictures of uh, Kento posing with, like, Kobashi and Hansen on their TVs after the main event and everything like that. So, people got to watch it in Japan, at least. Still kind of bizarre. Like, I don't, never really noticed, like, any, was there actually instructions on the TV before they took the main off? There were, yeah. Okay. So, people probably just, in that case, could just switch over. On their uh, on their little remote there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but still, that's, yeah, it's but, a bit of a uh, bizarre decision. Like, I, I, obviously, we're never really gonna get like any like ratings information, but I actually would be kind of curious what it did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did appreciate though the television presentation because you had access to the classic clips. The show started with like you know graphics and sort of a the old style, the NTV sports theme. And then there were like clips of like the Funks versus Abdullah the Butcher and the Sheik, uh, Baba beating Jack Briscoe for the NWA title, and then um, Jumbo beating Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA title. So I thought stuff like that was a nice touch. Yeah, no, that one was definitely very cool. Uh, definitely felt like, I mean, it was like a very big anniversary and it did kind of like that kind of helped feel like it a bit more. It Certainly more so than on the like All Japan TV broadcast. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because the All Japan TV broadcast it was just like a normal All Japan show, basically. Because I think really yeah. like the the show itself didn't really feel like a big anniversary show overall. Not totally, but I mean, well, we'll get into like some of the guests in that as we go on. But I thought the set was perfectly fine for like a size of the company that All Japan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I mean, I'm not gonna expect like a Noah stage for no. like all japan like they just don't have that kind of money so yeah maybe could uh, maybe i would have liked like something a little bit more spectacular but again i'm like i have to be realistic here about the like the actual like capabilities of the company for that kind of stuff and then so we actually go on to the show itself drawing four thousand seven hundred and eighty fans paul what did you think when you saw that number uh well my first thought was how much of that is paid <laughs> Well, I think somebody paid for all of the tickets, mm-hmm. but I think that certain people may have bought in large blocks of them. Yeah, I can definitely or companies, see that I as should well. say. Yeah. And I mean, even I was also thinking as well, again, yeah, 
how much of like not paid would it probably even be because it's not like they could really distribute like tickets the day of no because of the monsoon weather yeah. yeah so like even if i get a free ticket like i probably wouldn't have like if i'm not a big fan and i probably wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. and it was really because don't think people really realize i don't know how much people would know that but there was a massive monsoon going on in japan on that day like massive massive like even big but like japan standards and on monday it was raining too yeah or the next day yeah so like con- taking that into account like that number is actually pretty good yep i thought if it wasn't raining they could have hit five yeah and... probably because they would have had walk up which obviously now they didn't yeah because no one's like walking through a monsoon just randomly next to the budokan and it's like oh you know what i think i'll go to this all japan show I don't have anything better to do. So, yeah. I think between this attendance and whatever they got for uh, going on NTV, I think they probably made some money on this show. Um, Probably. I mean, they did have some, like, I wonder how much some of those, like, older guys cost. That's true. That they put in that six-man tag. Because I think even in 2022, Onita doesn't come cheap. No, but I how mean, much does Misao in a way charge? True, like, yeah. I mean, then again, not. I say Onita doesn't come cheap, but then like promotions like GCW and even like lower indies like that in US book them. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say overall, like I think definitely with the like BSNTV deal, I would definitely say they made some money on that. Yeah, well, see. they certainly didn't lose any, I, I don't no. think. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know, if the ratings for that were decent, like, I mean, maybe that's our way to figure out if they actually got good ratings is if they do more stuff with them in the future. For sure. And they had all the different sponsors, like, you know, Status was all over the show, and then Rakuten was the sponsor of the show. And Yeah. I mean, that's one of the ATM. things where I just don't know enough about the advertising landscape in Japan. Yeah. But at least, like, in Europe, generally speaking, if you constantly get the same like handful of spots over and over and over and over and over again and there's nothing else that yeah. generally is not a good sign for ad buys for sure because you just had to sell the same blocks to like the same company because i remember uh watching the super bowl on tv like a couple of years back and obviously here the super bowl like airs at night so it doesn't exactly get like the best ads uh, especially not compared to the US uh, and there were definitely like I think there was a ad for like a dating site I think that just repeated like multiple times within the same ad block and was there at least once in like every ad block and it's the Super Bowl so there were a lot of ad blocks it was actually like driving me insane when this like <laughs> dating service app came up like five more times at like 5 a.m and i just want to go to bed and i want the game to be over and so again but that's because you can't really get like good ad sales at five in the morning even if you're the super bowl so i'm wondering and this obviously wasn't at five in the morning japan time and the fact that they had kind of a similar ad structure definitely did not seem like a good sign but i also don't know enough about japanese tv ad structure right. so maybe that's normal yeah and it's not on it's not on like over the air it's like broadcast satellite yeah so yeah i don't know uh 
But so once we get into the show, finally, Paul, evolution actually exists. Yeah. Uh, Schrodinger's uh, Joshi promotion is in fact real. So to kick off the show, Shuji Ishikawa brought out the five um, trainees. We've got Zones, Sunny, Rin Hoshino, Atsu Mizuharu, and Chichi. Uh, Paul, uh, I'm a big Zones fan already. I was about to say, Gerard, you said a bunch of names there, but there's only one that matters, and that's Zones. Oh, definitely. It's all about Zones. Yeah, no, I I I... think they look good. I mean, it's really hard to say, like, they haven't wrestled or anything. Have they even announced a show? No. We don't even know how far along in their training they are. So, I mean, at least we know they're real. (laughs) Well, yes, yes. I mean, I was very skeptical of this project mainly because of how long that Suwama was talking about it and nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, it like, definitely, it it definitely felt like a... Schrodinger's evolution, basically. Yeah. Or like the boy who cried Joshi promotion. <laughs> 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 but like to their credit, they got it done. They've got a good crop of trainees, you know, like they all have personalities already like that are out there. So I think there's something to work with. I really do. And yeah. I am far more excited than I was like a week before the show. Yeah. Okay. When when it was noticed, brought up to me by friend of the show, uh, Velki Bracha, told me that, hey, all of these evolution Twitter accounts have been created. Yeah, that was and like then, a very uh, clear tip off that something was going to happen there. Yeah. So, and then I was just like, oh, well, it, probably something's happening at the Budokan. And it did. So um, we'll have to see, right? Yeah, I mean, um, but definitely if there's any like easy way for us to watch whenever the debut shows i think we're definitely gonna like cover it on here we're just gonna like, oh, for sure. blatantly just like muscle into the territory of the jumping bomb angels so jumping bomb audio jumping bomb audio yeah <laughs> sorry it's 7 a.m <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah and i just i should probably clarify a few things evolution is not the all japan's women's division it is its own separate company. And as far as I can tell, it is not owned by All Japan. It is, quote unquote, the producers are Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa. But it seems to me that st- our friend Status seems to be playing a major role in getting this company off oh, the ground. Oh, so that's why they were in the ad. Yes. Ah, I was wondering about this that. sounds like a Status project. Okay, and I now think that they probably see. I think they probably see something like a marketing thing with the the Joshi and the idol stuff is my suspicion on like status interest in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of what I was kind of hoping for is that maybe they were going to be on all Japan TV as well, but with well, that, they may be. maybe, but we don't know. I mean, yeah. I would probably guess that in that case, they probably want to like get their own streaming service. So it's probably going to be more like a, a new Japan and stardom kind of situation rather than like a well, wrestle universe yes, situation that's true. or even, but do you think they just start with pay-per-views? Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. That they just because they don't do have like, any library unless yeah. they're on All Japan TV or anything. Right? Yeah, so they might do like Nico Nico shows or like Twit casting or one of yeah. the other like one billion different weird streaming Whatever. services. Stardom uses something too, right? It's not through Stardom World, but pay per views, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're but, using, um, but it's again like Stardom only does like live shows, like what like once every blue moon. So yeah. Uh, well, they do a lot of pay-per-views. Oh, okay. So yeah. I I would assume that, though, um, 
they will be on all Japan shows at some point. Yeah, I mean, introduce them. yeah, you can't really like start something off on like pay per view. Like, I think you have to like give people something for free first before they're like willing to actually like tune in. Yeah, like a preview exhibition match that's like five minutes or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like something, and then you know, it's like, oh, yeah, here, that's when our debut shows. Yeah, because that's what Dragon Gate does with their rookies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we go on to the show itself. Uh, first match, uh, Rising Hayato and Ryo Inoue defeated Yusuke, Yusuke Kodama and Ojishiba in four minutes and 18 seconds with a Shimanami driver uh, from Hayato on Shiba. I don't say this much for some matches on the show, but this could have used a couple of more minutes, <laughs> I think. But it was pretty good for what it was. Yep, yeah, it was fine. Uh, really, was just about like establishing Hayato. But yeah, no, this definitely, I mean, weirdly, I would say this was actually one of the better matches on the show, which is a little bit depressing. Technically, yes. But yes. yeah, I mean, I think it very easily would have been if they had gotten like, I don't know, like if it had been twice as long. And in that case, it only would have been eight minutes. <laughs> well, from my understanding, talking to someone who was in the building, uh, there was like a 25 minute intermission or something because they stopped everything and then waited till it became seven o'clock to go live. So it was basically just a dark match that just happened to air. No, so they could they could have given probably a couple more minutes to some of these matches. Ah, but they didn't. okay. Oh, no, I get what you mean. Yeah, it doesn't make sense why like they were so short when they just yeah took a break for twenty five minutes. So it was about that. It was it was like more than fifteen, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um. So next up, and this was a good length, Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, Mitsuya Nagai, and ATM defeated Izanagi, Black Mansurei, Sushi, and Andy Wu uh, when Nagai used a stretch plum on Sushi. Nice little nod to Kawada from Nagai as they actually were tag partners in All Japan back around in 2001-2002. Yeah, not really all that much to say about this one, but yeah, as I said, this was kind of like... It wasn't anything. It was the ideal length where it was just like everyone got in, like, there were like so many people in there that like everyone basically just did their signature spots and then they got out of there and that was it. And in the match that everybody was waiting for in the Saito Brothers Triumph Return match, Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Cyrus defeated Shuji Ishikawa, Kohei Sato, and Yukio Naya in 7 minutes and 38 seconds when Rei used a diving prod- a body press on Ishikawa. Now Suji, what a company guy. Renayabe is unable to uh, be at the show. Unfortunately, poor Ayabe was still in the hospital when the show was on. He tweeted out him watching it on TV. So I hope he's out of the hospital by now or is getting out soon. But with that happening and probably the Naya from DDT unable to do a job, he stepped up. And Kisato definitely not doing a job. (laughs) Uh, Shuji stepped up and put over Rei Saito, which is huge, really, if you think about it. He's been a former Triple Crane champion. Yeah, no, it was really big. What do you, what do you think about the uh, new looks for the Saito brothers? I think uh, they're not bad. Not like incredible, but they certainly give him more personality than they had before. Yeah, I think Ray Saito really found his like charisma oh, while yeah. he was in the US. Well, see, I used to think June was like, this guy could be a singles, but now I think it's Ray. Oh, yeah, no, very easily. June to me is, I don't know, it's kind of useless. <laughs> <laughs> like I think also like uh, both in ring wise I don't think they're like they really like I don't think they're really good but if like just watching like the two of them do their spots like Ray just has like a different level of intensity 
than June. Like June very much still looks like hesitant to actually like mm. use his size, whereas I think Ray is like a little bit more actually willing to do that. Um, I mean, I like this match for what it was. I mean, it was seven and a half minutes, and it was just the big guys running into each other. Yeah. You can't really screw that up. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, also like from like the matches we've seen, like the the since then, like the spoiler alert, the tag title match, and all of that. But yeah, I think in this one, yeah, not much for like people to screw up. But I would still say that like, don't think the Saitos are ever gonna be like world beaters. They have definitely improved, but it still looks like very awkward at times. And next up, we had the All Asia Tag Team Title match: Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara defeated Minoru and Toshizo. Toshizo of Voodoo Murders in 14 minutes and 22 seconds when Dan used a Death Valley bomb on uh, Toshizo. Um, yeah, so they won. And I mean, I thought this was a really nice moment for Dan finally winning a title and he looked ecstatic. Yeah, that was really my favorite part of it as well. But like, finally for Dan, he gets a big win, he gets a title win. And they kind of paid off that whole Voodoo Murderers torturing Dan Tamara story him winning the title here so i think that was actually one of the better and more coherent stories that like all japan has told in the lead up to this whole show definitely but i mean as for the match itself i thought this was like three and a quarter stars it didn't it feel it was perfectly competently wrestled but i feel like for what this feud was the intensity wasn't there yeah yeah that that's the only weird part where because they just wrote back the voodoo murderer stuff like, I think that actually hurt the match itself. Because, obviously, like, early on, they were just beating the shit out of him with, like, all kinds of stuff. And, like, with all kinds of weapons and everything. And because they've toned that down so much, that didn't happen in this match. So, yeah, as I said, it was just, like, a perfectly acceptable, like, wrestling match. And then it ended. Although I did, like, the finishing sequence. like Yeah, that was probably the best part of the Dan match. Dan versus Toshizo, where Dan just, like, basically just threw everything he had at Toshizo and then finally put him away. Like, that was nice. And also the fact that it was Dan himself that got the pin. Because obviously they very easily could have said, well, Sato's the veteran of the team, so he, like, taps out Toshizo or Minoru or whatever. But they actually, I thought that was a very deliberate move to give it to Dan here. Yep, for sure. And um, next up, we had special singles match. Minoru Suzuki defeated Hokuto Omori in 12 minutes and 4 seconds with the Gotch-style pile driver. This was exactly what it needed to be, and I was kind of shocked just how much Omori got in and Suzuki selling for him, but that was, like, exactly what had to be. Like, Omori's balked up. He had to prove that he's ready to be a heavyweight, and I think he really did that here. Yep, yeah, I also thought that Omori looked like a credible heavyweight in this match as well. Uh... Like, I mean, also, like, size-wise and everything. And, yeah, as I said, I was also surprised how much Suzuki was actually willing to give him as well. Like, it was very clear that Omori wasn't going to win, but there were definitely, like, moments where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's definitely competitive. And I think this was definitely a good start to his kind of journey as a heavyweight. Because I don't think they ever, like, officially announced it, but I think, like, at this point, like, it's just very safe to say that he is a heavyweight. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Next up, another big match, the Yuma Anzai debut match. Yuji Nagata defeated Yuma Anzai in nine minutes and nine seconds with the Nagata Lock 2. Paul, I don't want to be too, like, I don't know, excited, but damn it, we've got something oh, here. This is a guy. Like, yeah, this is a guy. a guy. Yeah. So we'll see how he develops, but yes, absolutely. Like, because you just see it when he's coming out. Like, obviously, he's like 
shedding his pants because it's his debut match where he's played out yeah. live in the Budokan <laughs> wrestling Yuji Nagata. <laughs> I think that yeah. would get to literally even the most confident person in the world. Um, but I think otherwise, like he definitely has ring presence. He has really good size. And yeah, as everyone keeps talking about it, he is handsome and everything. He did show like pretty good kind of in-ring like basic in-ring skills like there's definitely like a good like solid base there already that he can work with to become even better than he is so yeah this is a guy like obviously there's still so many other factors that can happen but if they play this right like this could be the difference maker that they've been waiting for for a long time like i and if like and maybe it's a bit hyperbole but he might potentially be a bigger difference maker than kento miyahara was that remains to be seen, but I don't think it's impossible by any means. Yeah, like like I said, like if things go right, which obviously like we don't know yet. We don't know yet if it's like a, a good pro or anything. If God doesn't steal like him that, away, that too, because that, that was noticeable <laughs> after the match as well, where like Nagata was just like after he like got up after he got the win, where he just like was just like nodding his head, where he was like, yeah, no, this guy's really good. <laughs> this is this is Pop. this is a guy. Paul, what did you say? What did you tell me? He was whispering in Anzai's ears. Oh yeah, he was just probably just whispering into like Anzai's ears, like Kazuchika Okada's like salary. <laughs> this is how much you could make in New Japan. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, they're setting him up to be like patterned after Jumbo and Suwama. I think. Yeah, I mean, because he did that butterfly suplex, which looked really good. I have to say. Yeah. I thought his missile drop kick was great too. Yeah, I, well, I hope that that's a young boy stage only move though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, going nine minutes against Nagata and losing to the Nagata lock too, as opposed to like a crab hold. Yeah. I think means something. And honestly, also this the is fact like, that it's the... halfway through the Budokan show as well, <laughs> and the first. Yeah. No, it was no that one didn't make TV, but like yeah, the, the fact that it's not like the opener for like halfway through the show is notable as well. Yep, and um, I think this was like one of Nagata's best singles matches of recent uh, months. <laughs> it honestly. might be his best singles match in all Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it may At be. least I in this most recent run. I liked his match with the Shino. I think that was better than this, but yeah. not by much. No, yeah, exactly. So that's also noticeable. But again, yeah, I think it also helped that Nagata was really motivated. For sure. Motivated to steal him. <laughs> motivated to steal him. <laughs> I mean, what kind of negotiator is Suwama, you have to wonder? Because he got him. Yeah. You know? You know what Suwama should have negotiated himself into? He should have negotiated himself into this match and then should have just had someone else hold the title in the main event. But that's besides <laughs> the point. I, yes, I agree. And then uh, next up, a special singles match. Yuma Aoyagi defeated uh, the unsuspended Christopher Daniels in 11 minutes and 31 seconds with The Fool. You know, I was actually sort of paranoid that, like, Yuma would lose here, but yeah. <laughs> Same. no. I mean, it became obvious, like, because Daniel started the match working as a heel, pulled out his, like, ring of old ring of honor gimmick where he wouldn't shake the hand. You had to, like, earn the respect. And then after the match, he, like, you know, shook Yuma's hand, embraced him, like, raised his arm, like, hey, like, look at this guy. He's, uh, he's, he's a great talent and everything. And the match was pretty good, like, you know, mm -hmm. like a three-and-a-half-star match. Daniel's showing his age a little bit, yeah. but he can still hit all his big moves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think at this point, like, Daniels is still, like, he's still solid. He's obviously, like, slowed down, but he can very much still, like, hit his spots and they still look crisp and everything. Um, 
So I would definitely say this was one of the better matches overall on the show. Yep, for sure. Um, and Yuma got like a big win, like on the big show. Not yeah. the kind of match that he probably should have had on this type of show, but still, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a it was a win. Definitely. And then, so we move on to the All Japan 50th Anniversary Special Six Man Tag Match. I can't believe this match was put on the this high on the card, but was the first match they showed on uh, TV. So it was Masanobu Fuchi, Atsushi Onida, and Shiro Koshinaka defeating Great Kojika, Yoshiaki Yatsu, and Masao Inoue in 11 minutes and 55 seconds when Fuchi used a backdrop suplex on Inoue. Uh, I really like the ending with Fuchi getting the win, but I will say that this went about two or three minutes too long. I think that's putting it mildly, like, because... It really should have ended it when Koshinaka hit that uh, top rope a hip attack on him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought was the ending was. But they kept going. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this was definitely, like, a little bit too long. I get doing the whole... I get kicking off the TV portion with the whole, uh, like, nostalgia act and everything. That's fine. But you just can't have these guys go, like, this long because they're not very mobile anymore. And, I mean, Fuji is good for his age, but, again, <laughs> it's also, like, been wrestling longer than like the vast vast majority of the people on the show have been alive by like multiple yep. decades for some <laughs> like. yeah because um, again this guy started then, wrestling in the 70s he started wrestling i think like because out of four i think yeah so really for like most of the 45 years that all japan has existed he's been there yeah and um so after the match <clears throat> fuchi got on the mic and then thanked the people and everything and then onita said a few words and i thought onita was gonna start getting on the mic for a long time and then i panicked but um, he did not no <laughs> so uh, <coughs> next up we had the all japan world tag team championship uh shutaro ashino and ryuki honda Gungnir of Anarchy defeating Get Wild, Takao Mori, and Manabu Soya in 16 minutes and 22 seconds with the final event uh, from Honda on Omori. They made their second successful defense. Uh, I thought this was the best match of the show. Easily. Like, it's not even close to me, to be honest. It was, but it was really yeah. good tag match. Yeah. No, this was very easily, like, the best. Ah, what's been happening with my voice? <clears throat> Where, like, I thought this. To me, I actually went four stars on this match. I actually really liked it, especially so the ending. The ending portion to me was amazing of this match, but like it was a strong match overall. I think Omori and Soya showed that they like still have really good chemistry, and I think Ashino and Honda are, like growing into a really, really, really good tag team. Yes, they were in some ways the MVP of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, because like back to back shows, like like they didn't have the best match on the next show, but like that they still like did a lot with the opponents that they were given on there. But uh, did you see the wig that Manabu Soya was wearing when he came out? Well, yes, I did. And did he not, like, also change his trunks from his entrance trunks? I don't remember that. Wasn't he wearing a coat? Because like, he was I don't wearing he the, wear, like... see his trunks when he came out. He came out and he was wearing the, like, the white and pink leopard print. But he was wrestling in his regular, like, Congo gear. Okay, yes, I probably was just wearing, like, those old tights over his normal tights. Yeah. I... Soya, why do you taunt us like this? <laughs> I think you came out full, like, get wild gear, and then you just wrestled in your 
current gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also with the wig and everything, it was like, you know, where you sometimes have that part of your brain where, like, obviously he couldn't have grown out his hair and dyed it no. back black within like two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was still like, oh wait, oh he's back to his old hair, and I was like, no, wait, that obviously has to be a wig. <laughs> no, but I mean. If you're going to watch any match on this show, watch this one. Yes, yes, watch this one. This one is very well worth your time. And also, like, this was a really big spot for, like, Honda as well. Yep. Because Omori gave him a lot and then obviously, like, took the pin as well. And, again, this really felt like another, like, very deliberate move to, like, give the young guy the big spot on the big show where, like, they get the pin. Yep, and it worked perfectly in this case. Yeah, yeah. In this case, it worked perfectly. Maybe for for other matches, maybe a little less. But for this one, it worked perfectly. Well, so we move up next to the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Title. Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Tiger Mask in thirteen minutes and twenty three seconds with a Firebird Splash. Uh, that was the failed fourth defense for Tiger Mask, and Aoyagi was is now the champion. Uh, which everyone expected, I think, because uh, it would have been a disaster if it wouldn't. Yeah. I th- in some ways, it would have been worse if Suwama, that would have been worse than Suwama retaining, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now the uh, Atsuki Oyagi era of the junior title have won, has started a story, I should say, and then Rising Hayato came out to challenge him. Look, this obviously had limited by Tiger Mask, but I still think this is Tiger Mask's best match in all Japan. I mean, I would guess so, but that's not a very high no. like, bar to clear. I thought the early part of this match was really boring. I mean, it was just boring tiger mask, like mad work that is yeah. like doesn't look good. Just it's loose and just no fire, no effort. Like it got a bit better once like Atsuki was like able to like go on offense and actually like show some of the stuff. Yeah. So I guess that technically makes it Tiger Mask like best match in the promotion, but it's not due to anything he's done better. No. It's due to like Aoyagi, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Just a complete waste of a timer run. For sure. And I think But ta- hey, we, we hadn't even and, and I mean hey, fun fact, we hadn't even yet seen his worst match of this run. <laughs> No, we'll get to that later. But I think it's safe to say looking at what's coming up next month, uh Tiger Mask is done in all Japan, thankfully. Thank God. Yeah, that's yeah. long overdue. That was just, yeah, I don't know. But I don't I, know why this was here, why yeah. we needed to do this. Like, in high, like early on, we're like, okay, maybe this is something. But, like, no, this turned out it was just nothing. Well, but see, luckily, I mean, now we have to build an Atsuki, and that's good. Yeah. And, uh, Paul, uh, All Japan got wins over New Japan and AEW now on this show. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's pretty big for a company like this, I, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And also the fact that other promotions have to like drop out relentlessly to those two promotions. Yeah, I have. To or s- even in general, just like did you? Did, I don't. You probably haven't looked at like the results of the uh, the Shinkiba GCW show. I have. Yes. Oh yeah. Did you notice that like all of the GCW guys lost except for the main event? <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. What do you think? I saw like I saw that the Stronghearts match. Uh, uh, results and like you think she was gonna put over no, no, Nick Wayne not. <laughs> like no <laughs> he probably well, wants actually to he bring... might actually yeah here's the ah, thing Nick okay, Wayne he probably he, he probably <laughs> yeah. wants Nick Wayne for great actually now that yeah, I think about yeah. it yeah <laughs> um, so then we go to uh, quite the surprise uh, for the number one contendership to the Triple Crown 
that was set up like a week before the show so we can debate what exactly was going on here. Naoya Nomura defeated Jake Lee in 43 seconds <laughs> some, and with a spear and a jackknife hold. Paul, some people think this was cut for time. I'm not... It, that's very possible, but I'm not completely convinced of that. Oh, I don't think this was cut for time. No. I think this was exactly what they intended it to be. Yeah, I'm If anything, they that. probably cut off some time from the main event, but I think that's, this was exactly what they wanted to do here. I mean, like, if this went even, say, 15 minutes, like, how does that really heat up Nomura on a week's notice? Yeah, if you want to have him, like, main event the next night. Yeah. No, I think this... and. Obviously, this wasn't the best match on the show because it was 43 seconds, but, but it, it was, was like, very, it was my favorite match on the show. It was a very good match for 43 seconds. Yeah. Um, also, this already further confirms my theory that Joe was winning this and facing Kento the next day. Oh, do you think he also would have squashed Drake in 43 seconds? It might have been like five minutes. Yeah. But I think, like, they have Joe and they probably can't get him because he's got his impact commitments. Yeah. So why not just? Do, oh yeah. Do you know what I like sort of mm-hmm. mean by that? Like you got it. That's a match that hasn't been done in several years. And it's probably like your last chance, maybe ever, to do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I really think Joe was that was because they announced the triple crown match was happening before Joe got pulled. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of was the tip off that like something was happening here. But yeah, I, I still was like I thought this was like really kind of the one of the best booking decisions they did on the whole thing where they just went like no like Jake loses in 43 seconds like because that's a memorable thing yeah like that's because I think that's one of the things I mean, that was like one of my big criticisms of the show that there was kind of lacking in like memorable thing like moments mm-hmm. and this is one like you're always gonna remember like maybe not always but like you're always gonna think like oh back at like the All Japan 50th anniversary like Nomura squashed Jake Lee in 43 seconds. Yes, for sure. And uh, after the match, Jake Lee sent out a tweet saying that he has finally formally disbanded Total Eclipse. Oh, no. Anyway. (laughs) Another, like, All Japan faction unit just slowly disappears before it finally I mean, at least this time they made an announcement. Yes. Like, other factions just, like... Did they ever say anything about Jin? Like, did Jin have... Well, to be fair, no, actually, Jin kind of actually did have, like... Yeah, because... An actual, like... Jake did Jake turn. turned, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yoshitatsu Kingdom? Yeah, that just disappeared. Yeah. They fell out, made up, and then it just went away. <laughs> well, Takayuki Yueki did get injured, but he has returned. Yeah. I mean, Purple Haze... Yes, that sort of faded just away. kind of faded away. Um, so, yeah, that's really just kind of what they do. <laughs> Yeah, for like, sure. That's really kind of the cycle of like all the pan factions. Like faction comes together and it's like, oh, this looks interesting. Faction kind of does a little bit early on, does nothing, fades away. Yeah, um, but evolution still technically exists. So yeah, evolution technically still e- next dream technically still exists. Yes, um, but I think we'll get some clarification soon on what Hayato is doing. Um, I liked Nomura's like military fatigue, like camo pants look here much more than his basic black tights that say real blood yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i find like i'm not sure why he went back to the other look and then uh, on the on his title match but yeah. yeah this this is a much better look for him because the black tights just i don't know too plain. they look weird yeah, they also look like yoga pants <laughs> yes they do like it's very off-putting 
So yeah, th this is a better look. So maybe like yeah, maybe uh, he can change to that one. We'll see. Yeah, and then in the main event, that the special observers Stan Hansen and Kento Kobashi, Kento Miyahara defeated Suwama in 16 minutes and 35 seconds with a shutdown German suplex hold to win the title for the sixth time, making him the second most winningest Triple Crown champion behind Suwama, who somehow has eight. It, with at least two of those, probably not should have happened. Yeah, uh, including this one. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it was bad, like, but it was like a three-and-a-half special in a main event of the Budokan where they just played their greatest hits. Yeah. Um, now, but then again, what did it have to be? This was all about the Kento posing at the end of the show with the Triple Crown and Kobashi and Hanson standing beside him, to, right? Like, yeah. Why? Yeah, that's really what it was about, yeah. Why go balls out for 25, 30 minutes when you have, especially when you have another match the next day? So I'm not too hard on this, but I wouldn't say go out and watch this. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like, it was just kind of there. It was based, like, like it just never had that, like, added, like, because, again, it was, like, it's all Japan biggest shows in, like, who knows how long. So well, I mean, technically, those Sumo Hall shows in 2016 and 2017 both drew a little more than this show. Both okay. of them were over five. Yeah. But, I mean... Given restrictions and yeah. kind of... Weather, what, like, the, like this could have yeah. been a really big show. Yeah, and they just didn't wrestle like that at all. Like, seen more intensity out of these two on, like, Shinkiba shows. Yeah. So that was, like, really disappointing. I mean, just... I mean, obviously you cannot compare this show to, like, the la like the 25th anniversary because it's a completely different promotion. Like, they literally ran the fucking Tokyo Dome for the 25th anniversary, so... Yeah. And also a slightly bigger match on that show, because for people that don't know, 25th anniversary was uh, the match... The main event for that one was where Kawada finally beat Misawa for the title. Right. Yeah. Which, are, which, much which like was this also, match in a way, disappointing. Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Misawa <laughs> was in, like, incredibly bad shape in that match going yeah. into it. Uh, so it was really, technically, I think, one of their lesser... Um, matches yeah but still an amazing match yes <laughs> like Kawada and Misawa at their worst are like just exactly still the probably the greatest like like singles match pairing in the history of wrestling yeah so I mean I like the show I will yeah. give it I will give it props it had the correct result in every match which is something you cannot say for all Japan very often true true I think you can definitely say that it yeah, it's not a bad show. I will still say it was a, a disappointing show. Sure. Because it just didn't, besides like the nostalgia factor, it just didn't have that like special feeling overall. I think a better main event would have helped things, obviously. Would have definitely else. helped there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it definitely had the right decision. There was, like I said, except for the like tag title match. There was nothing on the show where I'm like, oh yeah, people absolutely like need to go out of their way to see this. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just like, eh, yeah, I mean, if you want to, I guess you can go and watch Nomura and versus Jake because it's 43 seconds. Yeah. But then sure. everything else just, I don't know, didn't really feel different that different from like, I don't know, just all Japan house show to be honest. It just happened to be like in front of like 4,780 fans yeah. in the Budokan. Yeah. Airing live on BSN TV. But look, I mean, it was successful. They got on the, you know, Kento was on the cover of uh, Weekly Pro. So yep. 
you know, it did all that. I mean, it got a lot of like media attention, I think. Yeah. Relative I mean, to what all Japan usually gets. Yeah. We'd be interesting to see if this actually like translates to like increased business now. Well, I think, it, well, yeah, I was thinking about that. We'll see what happens, I think, on the next tour. Yeah. I think that will be a big uh, a tell. So yeah. I mean, we, have they announced yet where they're going to do the Omori versus they have. Kento match? And it makes even more sense why they're doing it. But we'll get to okay. that in a minute. Okay. Um, so we move on to All Japan hashtag AJPW Maniax or Maniacs. I don't know how to pronounce that. In what you're going to do when the All Japan Maniacs run wild on you? Uh, 919 fans. I got to say for barely 12 hours later, not bad in the weather. Yeah, no, that was a, definitely a solid number. Yeah. And also why it makes sense that All Japan just continues to run like the no cheering shows because if they continue yeah. to draw numbers they like that. They lose 200 then, yeah. fans. Exactly. Like that's All Japan can't really afford to like give up 200 tickets. The biggest number in Korokin with cheering I've seen is 715. So yeah. I think that's the cap. That's the cap, yeah. Uh, opening match. Finally, they have returned. Koji Doi and Kumarashi defeated Izanagi and Black Mensa Ray in 2 minutes and 52 seconds with a diving senton uh, from Arashi on Mensa Ray. Perfect squash. Crowd yeah. seemed to really be happy to see Kumadoi again, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of getting over. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, their shirt, is, uh, their shirt looks better if it's in a different color other than white. Because uh, Kumo is wearing it in... Uh, uh, Kumo is wearing it in... Uh, pink i think and i think that actually that way the shirt actually looked kind of decent mm -hmm. and i think i'm not sure if we recorded this last time or we mentioned this last time or it happened since we recorded last but koji Doi is now the king of Colega. yeah did he bring out the belt i don't think he did no right? no 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 <laughs> so yeah no he's the king of Colega. so who knows how much how many uh commitments he has given them but i have a feeling that all japan probably takes priority over Kalega. so i would think so uh so yeah this is exactly what it needed to be and it was yeah. set up something we'll talk about later uh atsuki aoyagi christopher daniels and cyrus defeated yoshitasu tajiri and rising hayato in 11 minutes and 45 seconds when um daniels used the best moonsault ever on tajiri uh somewhat surprising but it made sense why tajiri had to end up doing the job here um yeah. I like this, actually. I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Uh, and they did all the... I think they teased us with the Cyrus Moonsault, though, but and it was not delivered. So I have to deduct points for that. Yeah, but then again, you can make those back up because I think Daniel's BME still looks as good as it always has been. Yeah. He looks it's a little shakier when he actually beautiful. does the jumps, though. Yeah. No. Again, he's 52. Yeah. The fact that he can still do, the, do it like this at 52, having done it for like really long as well like and he, but, that, the, this but the arc in the rotation once schedule. he takes off the top is still as good as ever yeah exactly so it, that's just amazing <laughs> yeah and um, also after the show it was announced Paul did you see this Cyrus and Suji Ishikawa have formed a tag team ooh well that makes perfect sense yeah the former rivals have uh, come together rivals and, to lovers uh, yeah um Rival wrestlers united by fate. Um, so um, I think we're getting the real world tag league teams on the show on October 2nd in Corkin, and I assume yep. that's going to be one of them. Yes, absolutely. 
like that's also why we got like the return of Kumadoy as well. Yeah. And yeah, that they're very clearly like starting to set stuff up for the tag league. Yeah. We're still gonna need to get like announcements of like what like Yuma and like I guess Yuma and Jake Lee are gonna be a team and then I who is so. actually going to team with Kento. You know what I think? Okay, we'll just do a quick aside. I oh, think Yuma and Sai? Well, that's possible. I was gonna say Takuya Nomura. That could also be. Because they seem to have restarted this storyline of them not getting along but having to team. Yeah. So that's a possibility. And, you know, um, I don't know if you saw, Paul, but the Maltese Ricky Dozan is back in Japan. He's yeah. teaming with Tajiri on this indie tag team tournament that's happening in, like, October. And he's also got a couple of uh, bookings on some indies around Japan. Tag League doesn't get started till mm. November. Do you think him and Tajiri are in? I could see that. So in that case, is Tajiri going to get squashed again on the final night uh, of the tag league wearing a clown mask? <laughs> we can only hope. So, but I, uh, yeah, I really hope that we're actually, I hope also that he pins Kento again and then again doesn't get a triple crown match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the only question mark is, I don't, well, we'll get to that later. Um, next up we had, Tiger Max defeating Black Tiger in 7 minutes and 13 seconds with a double wrist lock. This thing fucking sucked. Just awful. Awful. So bad. Also, whoever put this on cage match didn't really, like, investigate which Black Tiger this is because this was definitely not Rocky Romero. Well, no. It's whoever that Black Tiger is that's teamed with Takaiwa, I think, recently. Um, It's definitely the worst Black Tiger. Oh, absolutely. God awful! It's a it's ter- a terrible look as well. Like he looks completely out of shape. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, this I would rather watch the 50th anniversary uh, old man six man tag than this match. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this was the worst out of the two shows. Those were, this was easily the worst match. This is absolutely the worst Nothing. match I think in all Japan all year from a pure like um, like work rate perspective. Yeah. I mean, I went dead on Jake Lee versus Suwama, but that was pure, like, emotional <laughs> yeah. response. Booking. Right? Yeah. That. Whereas this one is, like, purely, like, who gives a shit about the booking, but it's just an absolutely terrible wrestling match. Yeah. It's actually kind of embarrassing to put this on a Kirk and Hall show. Yeah. But it's over. There are no more Tiger Mask bookings in October. And yeah. I think we're done. I think we're done. I hope we're also done with this Black Tiger. Oh, yeah, I hope so. But he's not booked anywhere either. Yeah. So next up, we had Yuji Nagata and Dan Tamara defeated Takao Mori and Ryo Inoue in six minutes and 19 seconds with a Death Valley bomb uh, from Dan on Inoue. Yeah, I mean, six minutes. These guys could have had a better match with longer, but it was still solid for what it was. Yeah, got in and out. Uh, didn't really like that Omori was on the losing team here mm-hmm. because it was going to challenge later. But yeah. I mean that's a minor con- that's really a minor complaint overall. Yeah. Um, next up, we had Minoru Suzuki defeating Yuma Anzai in five minutes and thirty-seven seconds with a half crab. Again, his second match ever is against Minoru Suzuki in the middle of a card. What can you On say? On the Karakan Ultra. Now Suzuki is a lot less willing to sell for a rookie <laughs> than Nagata was. Though. Yeah. <laughs> he just brutalized them. Yeah, this was very clear. Where it, like. That became even more apparent how much Nagata likes it, likes uh, Anzai. 
Yeah. Because yeah, just compare that match to this match, and it was just like Suzuki was just more like, oh, I'm gonna have to wrestle this fucking young boy. Okay. I'm sure Anzai still would have gotten more than if this was Suzuki versus Ryo in a way, though. Maybe. He probably got like two minutes more than yeah. Inoue would have gotten because Inoue probably would have lost in like three minutes. Yeah. But and yeah, no, definitely there's something here. We'll see what they do with him going forward. Yep. Like I really Except think there's a chance he's in the tag league. I do too. Yeah. Although and I, I think, think there's like... also a chance he will be in the champion carnival. Oh, for sure. You can give him have give him like zero or two points and it doesn't hurt him at all. It just yep. builds him up. Yep. Um. Next up, we had, I guess, the new sort of Hontai army of Jake Lee, Shuji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, and Hokuto Omori defeating Voodoo Murders, Suwama, Taru, Minoru, and Toshizo in 11 minutes when Ishikawa used the Air Scissors Press, a.k.a. Thez Press, on Suwama. Uh, Suwama doing jobs two nights in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, good for him. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, this wasn't bad. I mean, there wasn't, like, cheating. They really have dialed back the... Uh, um, Voodoo Murders cheating. I think there was a little bit, but I mean, it was like one, like, or two spots, and then it's very clear that they got like a lot of backlash for that, just based yeah. on how much they scaled it back. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the exact spot, but was it Taro accidentally hit Suwama leading up to it? Yeah, I think. And so after the match, like Suwama and Taro were arguing, and it's clear clearly what they're setting up. Yeah. So I thought they should have disbanded voodoo murders on this show but at least it's clearly we're heading in that direction yeah and it's kind of long overdue for that yes yeah should never no. yeah but but i do like that we actually do have like a proper like hontai army for once because how long has it been that since all japan actually has like actually had one? Oh, it's been ages yeah because like, like everyone invaded? was always in a faction when burning invaded i guess so yeah you know? Because Kento has always been an extreme, so he's never been in the home army. Yeah, and then, like same like Jake and Yuma, they were always in like factions. Same with Suwama. Yeah. So I, I think I like it that they actually do have like a proper like this is like just like the guys that are like all Japan guys, not just like mm -hmm. faction guys that wrestle in all Japan. Yeah. Next up, we didn't mention, but after the tag title match on the show before, the Saito brothers came out to challenge. Uh, and are using Dream Warriors by Dokken <laughs> as their theme. And, Which uh, does rule. Yes. And so Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 12 minutes and 8 seconds with an ankle hold from Ashino on Rei, which was set up because Rei went for the diving body press, but Ashino moved and caught him in the ankle lock. He tried yeah. to escape, but then he, the Shino grapevined it, and I thought that was a very good ending. But Paul... Am I crazy? I went four stars on this. Really? I didn't go that high on it. I liked it well enough, but I definitely thought it was weaker than the match on the previous show. Oh, well, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It was more compact. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, look, you could tell that Ashino and Honda were carrying them. I get it. Yeah. But I thought that they built it up in such a way, like, it looked like the Saitos might win this. And it wouldn't have shocked me if they did. Right, because uh, you figure yeah. uh, they could be rocket packing them. True, 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 definitely. Uh, but yeah, I actually thought, like as you said, the finish was really nice. Where yeah. Ashino, like, because because sometimes when people like roll out of the way, uh, like out of like a dive, they roll really far. But here, he like basically just moved like by just a few centimeters out of the way, and then immediately grabbed the ankle for the finish. Like that yeah. looked super smooth. 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, like if, to me, like probably what kind of hurt it to me a little was like that it was just so obvious that like Honda and Ashino were carrying the Saitos. Uh, but yeah, I guess it did help that there was a realistic chance that the Saitos were going to win. But to me, this wasn't really like a four star match. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with the Saitos moving forward. But I mean, there's I mean, still plans I'm, clearly I'm for them. Curious what they're going to do in, in Tag League because I think they might have a chance of winning it actually. And then they might run this back like uh, yep, early in the I year. I could see that. Absolutely. Um, and then, so, oh, and then Kumadoi came out to challenge. Do you think they're going to win, or do you? Or is, like, uh, it's not impossible. GOA is just going to carry that. I think GOA is carrying. Yeah. Because I think you got the two big Korokins uh, in January where the tag leak. Gun to my head, I think it's Ashino and Honda versus Yuma and Jake on January 2nd. Yep. Probably that is the most likely version as well. It's the biggest match they could do, technically. I yeah. Think. Um,. But, like, I mean, to me, this sort of sealed, like, Ashino and Honda should be, like, ruling this tag division for a while. Yeah. And it was the perfect decision to put Honda with Ashino. Like, he's learning. Even though it was a little weird uh, transition from their blood feud to their tag team. And the fact that Ashino never got revenge on Savama at all in the slightest. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, whenever, like, they break up. Whenever Ashino and Honda break up, they actually well, do something. To with be that. fair to Suwam, it was Ashino that decided not to go after revenge. True, right? he was he just like, out on Dan uh, and Sato. Yeah. Oh man, I lost the six-man tag. Guess I don't hate Suwama anymore. See you later. I will yeah, go wear sunglasses now. <laughs> yeah, so they had to call up Uncle Yuji. Yeah, that was that was such a bizarre period of all yeah. Japan. But I, look, in the end, at least for this like tag team forming that definitely worked out definitely i mean so yeah like i mean we've still mostly going in the right direction i'd say so uh, i might actually have them in the running for my tag team of the year just based on what they've been doing well i mean it's going to be a back loaded year for them because they got the kumadoi defense and then they'll be in the tag league so i think they could definitely shoot up there yeah um and in our main event for the Triple Crown, Kento Miyahara defeated Naoya Nomura in 20 minutes and 24 seconds with the shutdown German suplex for the first defense of the title that he just won yesterday. <laughs> um, I mean, this was incredible. I yeah. don't think it was quite as good as their match in September 2019. Uh, but it wasn't too far off, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, I, what I thought was interesting, that this was really like Nomura dominating. And then like Nomura, like, Kento kicked out of a couple of maximums and then Nomura went for the infinity, but uh, Kento escaped from that and sort of, you know, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. These two really showed that they still have like chemistry because. I mean, this is certainly Nomura's. See, I was a little spotted on whether Nomura still has it, Mm -hmm. but he does. Yeah. Like, I think he's definitely shown like good performances before, but this was like basically a return to form to like what we've seen from of him before the injury, basically. Yeah. He's just wasted away in that basement for Koki Kitahara and Capture. I don't like I like obviously he's probably still gonna do that, but I I don't know. I would be very weirded out if this was the end of him in all Japan. Like well, I he's think not he's booked for be... anything in October. Yeah. yeah. I think he's probably gonna be in Tag League. Like they're probably Maybe. gonna put a real blood on there. Yeah. Or Super Crafter U. 
Well, hopefully with Tafsi. <laughs> uh, well, Yuma's going to capture to face him in, in Nomura and Super Crafter units. Yeah, and Atsuki know. as well, like both. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. It wasn't Jake, it was Atsuki. No. Yeah. yeah. So there's still a relationship there. I don't know. It's just very depressing to think that like he finally returns to form and he disappears. Poof, yeah, gone. That, like I just don't want to believe that, so I'm just gonna believe that he is going to be like a regular, and just waiting basically to like an like maybe maybe not like super regular, but like he's there for like tag league and like. Big I stuff, suppose basically. it adds to his aura a bit as the outsider when he's not on every show. Yeah, exactly. Because if he's just like wrestling like Black Man's Raid and he's just a roster member. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess the ultimate question will be solved in Jan. Question will be revealed in January, but uh, A in January hopefully. and B, I think if he's in tag league, if he's not yeah, in tag sure. league, then yeah, that's probably yeah. not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, so, and then after the match, Takao Mori, big match Omori these days, came out and challenged Kento for the Triple Crown. Uh, this is like a 50th anniversary thing because both were mentioned. Giant, like I don't speak Japanese, obviously, like. But they, I could tell they were both mentioning Giant Baba multiple times in their promos to each other. Which makes sense because Omori is kind of the last like Baba trainee. And, be, and, and Paul, as I follow up, because the match is happening on October 22nd in Sanjo Niigata, which uh, is Giant Baba's hometown. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So it's basically, well, I mean, obviously it's not the Baba Memorial Show because that happened, but it's. I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, it's the the Giant Baba Memorial, Triple Crown Memorial match. Yeah. And I'm I'm fine with that, even though the yeah. booking was a little weird leading up to it. And I think it'll be great. Like, yeah. Omori's proven that he still got it. Yeah. You Especially know, if he's motivated, which I would very much assume he's going to be for this. Did I say this on the show last time that I think Takao Omori is now better than Yuji Nagata? Uh, no, I don't think so. But but I'm, yeah, I'm that's definitely true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, it's strange. Like, I mean, I, both at their peaks, Nagata was clearly like the better worker, yeah. but he, uh, Omori's pretty good. Ne- well, I mean, still pretty good, and he's certainly surpassed. Um, actually, you know, what? I can't wait for the Omori enzyme match. Oh yeah, because that's gonna happen definitely. Yeah, that'll be good. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. 
Yuffie sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock yuffieofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Um, so we do. let's do a quick preview of the upcoming stuff. So this Sunday, October 2nd, 11.30 a.m. Japan time in Corican Hall, we've got Gayori TV Championship, Doshizo versus Dan Tamara. Paul, who do you got here? Are you really going to make Dan a double champion? Double I mean, then again, Dan. it is the Gayora title. Double gold Dan. Double Chant gold Dan. Chant and they do want to get they do double gold Dan. Double gold Dan. I hope so, like because they want to get rid of Voodoo Murderers, right? So why can't I, cl- I could see a, a, I could see retaining and then him dropping it a little later. Maybe. I'm up in the air. I don't know. I think to me, it's, if, if it's a 50-50. To me, if they, if they do, like, if it is double gold Dan, like, it seems like they're at, he's actually in for a bigger push than I thought they were going to give him. Yeah, definitely, because... I mean, it is a gay or a TV title. It is the gay or TV still. title. It's not like they ever take it seriously. But, but... Dan was doing nothing for a very long time. Yeah, so. exactly. Next up, Paul, well, they never gave, the For example, they never gave Yusuke Okada the gay or a TV title, so, you know. No. Well, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> um, Paul, have you seen the title of this next match? No. It is the Hokkaido... Tourism Ambassador Showdown Special Singles Match. <laughs> All right. Black Let, so can Ray. I just take a guess who's in a straight Lee in yeah. there? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, well, it's Black Monster Ray versus Toru Yano. What? Yeah. Why? Well, um, because they got this random grab bag that All Japan is getting from New Japan. It's like you'll get. Well, I mean, they get well. Suzuki's a freelancer, so no, he doesn't count. So, like, yeah. you'll get Yuji Nagata, Tiger Mask, and Toru Yano, and he can wrestle Black Mansore. Okay, well, sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm done with Toru Yano these days and have been for a couple of years, but I am so somewhat curious to see him against Black Mansore. Yeah, I mean, that there's two comedy guys, so yeah. And next up, we've got a tag match, Suwama and Kono versus Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi. So, I, oh, yeah. Toriano obviously wins that match. Yep, this, this, <laughs> I would like literally come on here and, I don't know, eat a plastic bag of 
Black Mansa Ray wins it. Yeah. Um, so Suwam and Kano versus uh, Jake Lee and Yuma. Um, I assume Jake and Yuma win and then Suwam to further the angle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Or do you easy. think, Paul, do you think Suwam and Kono could be the tag lead team though? They could be, but I could also see that maybe they already break up Voodoo Murderers even before Tag League even starts. I would assume they would break them up on this show, though, if they did before Tag League, because this is the big, yeah. like, Corrigan show. Yeah. Like, I ideally, mean, they have to do it before they announce the teams. Well, I assume they're now... Well, see, here's the thing. Ideally, it's Suwama and Anzai. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to break them up in the second match on the show... And then, like, announce, oh, Suom is teaming with Yuma Anzai. That's too on the nose of yeah. kayfabe breaking. <laughs> a little bit. Unless, like, I don't know, Voodoo Murderer beats we don't him know down the... and Anzai runs out for the save. That's possible. Again, we don't know what, if this is the, the Tag League announcement show, but generally the big cork in October before Real World Tag League is when they announce the teams. Yeah. So that's what I'm just going off based off hi- history. Um, next up. The All Japan Pro Wrestling 50th Anniversary uh, Special Match in Korokin Hall. Kento Miyahara, Takuya Nomura, Ryo Inoue, Yuma Anzai versus Yuji Nagata, Yuto Nakajima, Ryohei Oiwa, and, and uh, Kosei uh, Fujita. Um, Paul, this could kick a lot of ass, honestly. Yeah, this could actually be a ton of fun. Depends how motivated everyone is, but there's definitely some potential here. And this is sort of why I think Kento is... Um, teaming with Nomura but because Nomura like said in, in like something in the press he's like well I'm going to be the brains of this team <laughs> or something like that right you know, okay that should be a ton of Kento. fun yeah <laughs> yeah um I want to say New Japan wins but if they're announcing it as a 50th anniversary match like Kento pins one of the young lions maybe I mean it would make one in one all Japan New Japan on this show yeah Oh, yeah, because Yano's obviously going to win, so yeah. Kento can pin. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. Yeah, I think in that yeah. case, they probably will get the win, yeah. Because well, he is triple not, crown champion. It would not shock me if, if uh, in a way. the New Japan team won. Yeah. Um, but, like, I got to say, between this and the way that Kojima's been booked in Noah, like, maybe New Japan isn't as quite uh, domineering as we all thought. No, I think especially because they, like, it really feels like they only have these guys still under contract for, like, loyalty reasons but they're not yeah. really like willing to like protect them in any way or well i mean if you drop them out constantly they probably say something but, yeah you know um well i mean apparently so, they do it for tiger mask though so that's weird oh well, yeah but i think they wanted to build tiger mask up for atsuki is what i think but uh um oh uh and next up we have shuji ishikawa takawa mori and izanagi and Hokuto Mori versus Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be okay. I assume one of the Saito's pins is Inagi. Maybe, but Omori's challenging for the title. So. He really should win. Yeah. yeah. Omori pins Tajiri? Yep. I think that seems like a pretty decent guess as well. Yeah. And then for the junior PWF Junior Championship, Atsuki Aoyagi versus Rising Hayato. Paul, I thought they should have actually put this in the main event spot. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I don't want to like say anything bad about the main event, but, I mean, Aski is sort of your guy now, and I don't think it really matters that much 
the sort of match order of the final two title matches in the show when there's no triple crown. Yeah, especially yeah, and you yeah. do kind of like yeah, it's definitely because you also want to make this like the rivalry. This is going to be kinda. the rivalry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear where it's going. Yeah. I mean, Hayato. I mean, Ayoyagi is obviously going to win. Yeah. I hope this gets at least fifteen minutes. I think I would say it gets decent time. Just looking at the rest of the card, there isn't really all that much that I think. Yeah. Needs to get like a ton of time. Yeah. So I think they can give them like a really good like long match to like really establish this as like the big thing. Yeah. And in the main event for the World Tag Team Championships, Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda defend against Koji Doi and Kumarashi. Paul, I have like big expectations for this match in all honesty. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Four men all trained in Wrestle 1. They know each other well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I mean, look at this the really chemistry is the that Ashino, one memorial Look at match. the chemistry that Ashino had with Soya in that tag match. Yeah. Right? Like. Let's hope no. they didn't bring, like, WrestleOne, like, audience numbers to the show. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, This is, I think, going to be a good test to see what kind of momentum the company has out of yeah. that. Yeah. But, but I, think I mean, non triple really crown Corkins. Right. Non triple crown Corkins do not always that great. Yeah. Some have been good, but most aren't. So I'm very curious to see about this. What they because, actually get like, here, yeah. And frankly, Ashino and Honda have momentum of their own, too. Yeah. Obviously not the same as Kento, but they've got it. Um, Paul, is it crazy to say that perhaps the Wrestle 1 guys have fared a little better in All Japan overall than Noah? Um, yeah, I would say so because Inaba is still just doing nothing. Yep. Like they've just now started acknowledging that he was actually like a champion in Wrestle 1. I don't yep. think they've done previously. And Soya is just kind of a fall guy in Congo. Well, they seem to be doing something with Alejandro now, though. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yoshioka? Yuki Yoshioka, though, they've done. Like, they, I think they should do more of him because he's amazing. Start, and we'll talk start, about it. Yep. But, like, they're starting to do stuff with him. But, yep. I mean, yeah, they're not, like, it's not like the main event in current controls with just former Wrestle 1 guys. No. So that is October 2nd, and then there's only a couple of matches announced for the next two shows, so we'll just go through them quick. Um, October 22nd in uh, Sanjo, Yoshitatsu debut 20th anniversary match. Paul, can you believe it's been 20 years of Yoshitatsu? It's 20 years too many. <laughs> Yoshitatsu versus Suwama. To be fair, that is probably about as good as you could have gotten for that because they do have that weird chemistry. Yeah. So that could be good. Uh, I guess it depends if Suwama is still in the Voodoo Murders at that point. Mm. Um, listen to this 50th anniversary match, Paul. Have you seen this one? No. Masanobu Fuchi at Shushi Onida, Yuma Anzai <laughs> versus Jinsei Shinzaki, Masao Inoue, and Ryo Inoue. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Poor Anzai. <laughs> um I don't know. I think this could be strangely fun. This could be strangely fun, yeah. Well, it, basically, it's just the like, old man admired the new ace, the future ace kind of uh, match, I guess. Paul, Yuma Anzai's third match of his career. He's teamed with Atsushi Onida. <laughs> <laughs> and Fuji, where... Yeah, and okay, Fuji. How, how old is Anzai? Probably like 19 or whatever. 22, 23, I yeah, think. Yeah, so... Yeah, because he's going through university and he almost done or is yeah. Done, or just so done. by the time by the time uh, Anzai was born, Fuji was already like a veteran, a twenty-year veteran. Yeah, 
Oh, wow. Oh, like 25. Yeah. <laughs> that's already past. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. Because that's already past like the whole. Yeah. Because. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's already. Like, Fushi was a comedy match guy. When, yeah. Yeah. Enzai yeah. <laughs> yeah, was born after the Noah split, right? I don't know exact age, but he may have been. No. Because that. Oh, yeah. Or around the same time. Yeah. That's kind of nuts to think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. So our main event, Kento Miyahara versus Takao Mori. Um, oh, it's also Takao Mori's de- 30th anniversary debut match. Oh, that same match? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was more for the Baba thing. But anyway, oh, also your special participants in matches that have not been announced, Yusuke Kodama, Sego Tachibana, and um, Takuro Nikki of 2AW. So that's good. And then we go on to the next day on the 23rd in Osaka. All these are tag team title match. Um Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara forgot to mention it's uh, Yusuke Kodama and Sego Tachibana who came out after at Budokan to challenge them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this will be really good and I actually expect it to be better than the um, Budokan match. Yeah. I think this will be a good first test of their reign. I mean, the, Dan and, and Sato will retain, but I think this could be really good. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't actually rule the GOA team out completely. Oh, I see. Like I wouldn't yeah. say it's impossible because it is the all like it is the all Asia tag titles. So if Dan wins the gay or a TV title. Could you see them losing it? Yeah, I think that makes Asia. it way more likely. Yeah, because then it might sure. have just been like they wanted to put like the get as many people as possible on the Budokan, but give Jake the win, uh, Jake yeah. uh, Dan the win. So that's why they yeah. won the titles there. Then he wins the gay or title, and then they just he just kind of does like more single stuff from there. Well, you know, Paul, the All Asia Tag Titles these days might be one of the most stable titles in the company. Yeah, really they really have it. been. Yeah. Uh, so I think a title, a quickie title change, isn't the worst thing yeah. in this case. Yeah. And special participants: Yuji Nagata, the Bodyguard, T Hawk, El Lindemann, Issei Onitsuka, Shigehiro Irie, Kano, uh, Minoru, and Oji Shiba. So that's quite the um, lineup of guests yeah. for the show. Also noticeable which uh, strong hats guy is not there. Shima? Yeah. Yeah. But he hasn't been in all Japan in a while. Yeah, because I think they kind of, kind of soured that relationship when he wasn't willing to put over uh, Akira. Yeah, that may be true. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard anything to that extent, although we speculated it yeah. at the time. So, uh, Paul, uh, any final thoughts on all Japan before we move on? Uh, yeah, like I said, the show overall, like the anniversary show overall, I thought was a little bit disappointing, but I think, like, especially after the Kirk and Hall show, it still feels like the company has momentum. So let's see if they can actually carry that forward. Yep. I have pretty much the same feelings. And so here's to another 50 years of all Japan, <laughs> which uh, could happen, I, th- yeah. I think. See you all on episode 400 for the all Japan 100th anniversary. Oh, it'll be more than... Um, episode 400 i think probably yeah <laughs> gonna do uh, this when we're like oh wait oh jesus i'm gonna be like 80 some oh jesus yeah <laughs> yeah so will i yeah. i'll be 87 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean i still have all four grandparents who are all in their mid 80s so i might actually oh, realistically well, get I mean, there uh most of my grandparents also lived uh, well into their 80s so yeah um so we move on to pro wrestling in noah um we'll just go over quickly uh, the couple of shows leading up to the uh, big one. 
um, on the 25th. So yeah, and I need to September say that because I was in Japan, in Japan, in Ireland for two for the past two weeks, I have not seen any of these. Yeah, I mean, you didn't miss much, in all yeah. honesty. Uh, but there's there's a couple of good things though. Uh, so on the 15th, I would say, I mean, we had the Daiji Ozawa debut match. Yoshiki Inamura defeated Daiji Ozawa. I mean, he obviously he's got potential of his own. He's no Yuma Anzai, but he's got he's tall for a Noah wrestler. I'll give him that. And he looked pretty good, and this is a good debut. So I would hope that they have plans for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've only seen like his uh, match in Nagoya. But what yeah. I found interesting is that they mentioned there that his uh, his inspiration to become a wrestler was mystical, which I found fascinating. Well, they can send him on an excursion to Mexico now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe that happens. Um the only other match of note on the show is really the main event, which is Kaido Kiyomiya, Jack Morris, Masakitamiya, and Daiki Inaba defeating Keno, Masakatsu Funaki, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and Nanabusoi in 20 minutes and 10 seconds uh, when Kiyomiya pinned uh, Keno with the the modified Shining Wizard, where he sort of drives his knee into the head using his, his hands. Um, that was a really good match. So we move on to the 16th. Um, I, like, I dug the opener of Shuhei Taniguchi versus Daiji Ozawa because you've got grumpy veteran Taniguchi. Um, so that was good. Uh, Dragon Bane versus Alpha Wolf. I mean, if you like those matches, that's worth checking out on this show. Yeah, but like and I said, then, like, um, difficulty level impossible. Noah does anything with these guys that doesn't involve each other. Exactly. Uh, and the other two matches you want to check out is the semi-main event of Keno and Shuji Kondo defeating Kaito Kiyomiya and Atsushi Katoge when Keno used the Shining Wizard on Kiyomiya. This was a really good match. Okay. And then in the main event, Timothy Thatcher defeated Takashi Sugera in 10 minutes with a Fujiwara armbar. Um, now, this got really good towards the end, and then it ended abruptly, but I can sort of get the booking at the same time. Okay, but like it was overall like, how would you compare that one to like Segura's like N one matches? Was it about the same level, or was it like better than the N one? I think it was a little better. Some of those N one matches. Okay, well, that, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, and then on the nineteenth at Yokohama Radiant Hall, again check out Masakitamiya versus Daiji Ozawa, which is funny because they're putting him against all like sort of the rough and tumble guys, which I like. But um, from what I've seen, that's not really the style that he's wrestling though. <laughs> No, but I like him beating up a rookie. <laughs> um, watch Masato Tanaka versus Yoshiki Inamura. Another Inamura job, though. I was but, about to say, I, mean, I didn't even notice that that happened. Like, why is he jobbing to Tanaka in the second well, match? Yeah, you didn't have to book this, and it was only number, the number two match on the show. Um, and then the ne- other matches you want to watch are... Um, well, just hold, watch the whole show because it's really short. Because there's Hideki Suzuki and Dr. Wagner Jr. Or, uh, uh, versus Shigura and Taniguchi. That was decent. Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Daiki Inaba was pretty good. Although, you could argue that it probably wouldn't have got... If they were in the main event, it would have been a really great match. But this was still very good. Kaido Kiyomiya uh, and Jack Morris uh, defeated Keno and Manabu Soy in 16-10 when uh, Morris pinned Soy with the uh, Tiger Driver. That was good. And then in the main event, Timothy Thatcher defeated Satoshi Kojima in 16 minutes and 17 seconds with the Fujiwara armbar, which was another really good match. It just really feels like they made up for like Thatcher missing all of those singles matches because he couldn't be there for the N1. Mm-hmm. 
and then just like I wonder if he actually would have won some of those matches during the N1 and they were like we still want him to get those wins so they booked him as singles matches here yep um, and then I watched an innovation on the 21st I would say watch the opening match because it's the Yasutaku Yano return match against Kai Fujimura and then the main event which is the elimination match of Kotoge Yoshioka Yohei and Alejandro defeating Hayate Yoshinari Ogawa and Ridgeway and Yuya Susumu um but the other stuff especially like the five-way match of like ninja mac alejandro dragon bane alpha wolf extreme tiger it's 11 minutes long it's just a spot fest and kataro suzuki and shuji kondo went to a draw and it was pretty dry uh, 30 minute draw that's so bad because i saw that dry. and i was like there's really only two ways that this could have gone either this was amazing or this was just suzuki boring. wrestled in a t-shirt the whole 30 uh, minutes okay never mind <laughs> yeah it's very disappointing yeah. I feel like Suzuki, it doesn't even look like Suzuki's hurt, but I just feel like he doesn't want to put in the effort these days. Yeah, I think this is really like with the whole, like, yeah, Paris de Mal, the Hapon thing. It's, he's in it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's what I mean. Like, it just really feels like it's just kind of brought out the laziness in him. Yeah. And it's, it's still weird that Ikuto Hidaka has basically, like, it's the only guy that disappeared <laughs> completely yep. when, like, they did the Las Paros, like, leaves Noah angle and then they came back because he's the only one that hasn't come back yep well, well where's how who also lost a yeah, he hasn't even wrestled so no I, I looked up the cage match he hasn't wrestled at all so I think something's happening with that yeah. um, so we finally go to Grand Ship 2022 in Nagoya pro wrestling love forever outbreak Manabusoya defeated Daiji Ozawa with the crab hold and Paul I guess this was your only uh, match of with Ozawa yeah. you've seen so far, right? Yeah, yeah, I like what I've seen. He see like yeah. he has good size. Uh, he seems incredibly motivated, and he's very agile as well. Like that's also why I mentioned yeah. that, you know, like Mystico was his like motivation to get into wrestling. Like he is wrestling a lot more like that as well. Like he actually does like a lot of high flying stuff for like a guy his yeah. size. Like he seems incredibly athletic. Some really yeah. curious kind of what path is going to take so that's for sure. very interesting especially like for like i don't think has Noah really ever had a guy his size that is this like athletic like obviously athletic no not his size and yeah. he's a heavyweight i mean you could talk about like marafuji oh yeah absolutely but he's like he's way taller than marafuji yeah so for because sure. he like because for marafuji obviously like marafuji started off as a junior and then became a heavyweight whereas this guy like you can't even pretend as like a young boy that no, this guy is than half the heavyweights in the company yeah so yeah uh and the next up we had nosara rongai and eta defeating yasu takuyana and kai fujimura in four four minutes and three seconds with a low sky face drop kick from eta on fujimura um i don't know nosawa sold for the young guys i'll give him that um i mean it was short mm. and just a squash sort of basically yeah did you see that eta's probably like well not maybe done with Dragon Gate, but it's probably like similar to what Naruki Doi is. Yeah, doing. where he's basically becoming like a freelancer. Like I don't think yeah. they've announced that he's actually becoming a freelancer as well. Like, no. Don't remember that. But seems very obvious that that's where it's heading. So we're definitely like gonna see more of Ada, not less. Yeah. Which in general yeah. I would think is good, but given the Ada that we generally get in Noah is like Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, well. Oh well. Yeah, who knows? And next up, Masa Kitamiya and Yoshiki Inamura defeated Muhammad Yone and Akatoshi Saito in 9 minutes and 47 seconds with the Muso 
on Yone. Good for Inamura finally oh, getting, getting a win a over a veteran. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is actually kind of good, I thought, yeah. for what it was. No, no, no. I, like I said, I do like and, the Funky Express. So, And Kitami and Inamura are getting a title shot, right? Uh, tag or title who shot? Who was it? That, no, Kitami is getting a, a national title shot. Oh, that's right. Yep. I was thinking they were set, they were they were getting them ready to um, challenge. No, I don't think anyone has challenged. No, that's what yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to think. So next up, we had Ninja Mac, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro defeated Tadasuke, Hajime, Ohara, and Hiroki in eleven twenty minutes and twenty four seconds when Tadasuke got disqualified for ripping off Alejandro's mask. Yeah, which was a shame because I thought this match was actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually like this one as well. I was surprised about this one, but. No, everyone kind of went in there and like they did their stuff, and it was actually a ton of fun. Yep. And then, and obviously, like uh, Alejandro is probably going to keep feeding with Congo because now he says he wants to team with Dragon Kid. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be because yeah, I remember that he would like didn't he challenge Dragon Kid originally? So I guess we're going to see like something with him teaming with Dragon Kid then on the joint show. Next up, we had Naomichi Marafuji, Jack Morris, and El Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. defeating Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, who is back, and Daiki Inaba in 13 minutes and 49 seconds when Jack Morris hit a very nice shooting star press this time. Redeemed himself. Yes. This was good, I yeah. thought. I so. really expected him to challenge after he got the win here, but obviously they had other plans. Well, I don't think you can rule that out. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Well, I mean, it depends who's going to be the champion, but let's talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. In the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title, Atsushi Katoge and Seki Yoshioka defeated Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Wedgway in 26 minutes and 56 seconds with a buzzsaw kick from Yoshioka on Ogawa. Big win there for Yoshioka. Yeah. And they are the new champions. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Um, I lo- like I said, I love like watching Ogawa and Rodre pick apart someone's like leg or arm or something, and of course that was a big part of this match. Although I thought the last couple of minutes weren't maybe as exciting as I was expecting. I don't know. What did you think, Paul? No, I actually I actually loved this match, and I actually thought the finish was pretty good as well because it really was just it was a very one sided match because it really was just Ogawa and Rodre dominating pretty much for the entire time. And even during the finish, like it very much felt like Yoshioka just barely managed to like escape with the victory. Uh, uh, but I also thought that he did really well, like in terms of like his selling and everything after they like uh, picked his leg apart. I also liked that Ogawa and Ridgeway, when they were working like Yoshioka and Kotoge over, that they didn't work the same body part on both of them because they worked yes. Yoshioka's leg and Kotoge's arm. And then Kotoge was just like, hey, how about I just try to fuck up my arm even more by just taking a plancha to the outside where there's no one there. <laughs> so that was cool. And no, I thought overall this was a really good match. Like I'm sad that they like that like Ridgeway and Ogawa lost the titles, but yep. this is a really good team to like follow it up as well. So I think we're gonna yeah. get more like after the GHC, like junior heavyweight title, like early on in the year it was like pretty dire like I think they've kind of like turned that one around and actually made it like one of the more like interesting titles in the promotion for sure and so yeah I am looking like I'm sad to see it go but I mean they put it on the right team yeah absolutely like this felt like a very earned win and yeah you could also feel like Kotoga and Yoshioka being like happy that they won the titles and everything so yeah it was really cool 
Next up for the GHC Junior title. And actually, just for a quick, uh, do we want to talk about who challenged afterwards? Oh, right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot yeah. who challenged now. Oh, you did? Oh, uh, Tadaske came out in high 69. Oh, that's right. And Tadaske yes, actually right. bloodied up uh, uh, bloodied up Kotoge. I think Kotoge was already bleeding, I think, from him taking that like spill to the outside. Uh, right. But then Tadaske basically just like opened it up even more, just completely bloodied up Kotoge and actually like wiped the blood like into his own hair, which was really cool. Like I think I've talked about it before, be... how much I like Tadaske really has improved to me when he just shows it more and more, where he's just this like shitty thing, like sh- like just like bully who will just like beat the shit out of you. Yeah, that will be a good match, I think. Yeah. And then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hayata defeated Yohei in 23 minutes and 45 seconds with a headache for his sixth defense. Oh, no, we were missing the tag team title match. Oh, yeah. oops. For the GHC yeah. tag team titles, Takashi Sugera and Satoshi Kojima defeated Hideki Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher in 18 minutes and 41 seconds with an Olympic slam from Sugera on Suzuki. Another job from Suzuki. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this to me was the best match on the show, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I I love this match. I actually, it is actually really close between this and the All Japan, like, which one I actually pre- prefer between this and the All Japan tag title match on the Budokan show. Because I thought both of those were excellent. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just love, like, uh, Suzuki and Thatcher just sort of, like, trying to, like, totally tear their arms out. Yeah. And then them fighting back and everything. Yeah. I thought they did that really well. They also did, like, they also did the miscommunication spot between Kojima and Segura in the match, and then they redeemed themselves later. It was nice. Cause, and one, once they, like, did, like, at first, when they did the miscommunication spot, I was like, oh, are Fetch and Suzuki actually going to defend the, ti- the, defend the titles? But then when they actually redeemed themselves later, it was kind of obvious that, like, oh, yeah, they're, just, they're going to win the titles here. See, I'm, like, and Sugar and Kojima are going to keep doing the bickering partners thing. That's the whole, like, can they coexist yeah. this whole, like, storyline with them in this team. Yeah. Which, if you do it really, is something that works pretty well. Sure. So, I, uh, but I but am sad I'm, to see the fat trans yeah. team go. I mean, they never didn't even get a successful defense. No, which I didn't even realize that they never even got a successful defense. Yeah. Yeah, because then they won, and then the N one happened, mm, and Thatcher yeah. wasn't around, and I don't know. Maybe they'll trade the titles back and forth. Yeah, I mean, because I think this, yeah. I think this rivalry still has juice. Yeah. Because Thatcher has singles wins over both of them. Yeah, and the fat trans Suzuki team also still like is oh, something they should juice. keep together as well. Uh, and Paul, Kojima is a former IWGP Tag Team Champion, a former World Tag Team Champion in All Japan, a former All Asia Tag Team Champion in All Japan, and a former NWA World Tag Team Champion, and now a GHC Tag Team Champion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which of these would you say is the least prestigious one? Is it the All Asia or is it the NWA one? I was going to say. Well... I mean, the NWA I was mean, when once he won very it, prestigious. Yes, when he won it. Won it was probably at their low point. Yeah, because that he won it from, like, Jack Stane and... Was it... Conway, maybe? I think it was, yeah. Or Crimson? No, I think it was or Jack... Was Crimson I Jack think Dane. it was Jack Stane and Rob Conway, yeah. Because that was, like, what did they call it? The Iron Kingdom or whatever? Yeah, something like that. But... So, yeah, yeah I mean, one of the most decorated tag team champions in history. Yes, absolutely. Like, he won, like, most of them. Yeah. So I am curious, uh, though, gonna... how long they're going to carry those titles now. I don't know. I mean, I could see it either being like a long time or very short, right? Yeah, because 
they've really for like the heavyweight titles they have been kind of like hot potatoing them around like both of yep. them well not both of them i kept forgetting about the national title but i guess that's the problem with the national title yeah um well i mean there was injuries too right mudo had to vacate yeah 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 mudo mudo had to vacate like and yeah fujita caught COVID, but then like they still did it later on i mean obviously and then they had to i mean i would assume that they always had the plan to give it to suzuki and fatra but i mean they kind of were like forced into it when elgin pulled an elgin so oh that's right i totally forgot about the elgin pulling an elgin um yeah (laughs) what a year um so next up, we finally get to the GHC Junior Heavyweight uh, title match. Hayata defeated Yohei in 23-45 with the headache for the sixth defense on this reign. This one, you know what? Honestly, this wasn't too bad. I just think it went five minutes too long. I mean, yes. I don't know. I'm just done. Oh, this reign has so to end. So done with Hayata. Don't want to see him in singles titles matches anymore. Yeah. It has been. Because, yes, okay, this maybe just the sixth defense in this reign. But there wasn't really all that much of a difference between, like, like time difference between this reign and his previous reign. So it just feels like he's been holding his title forever now. And it's yeah, it's it's a long reign. Same ring, match loses every single short time. Ring, loses wins it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, Ninja Mac came out after the match, and they have to put it on just him. Squash him in like thirty seconds. <laughs> that would actually be something. They're not gonna do that, but I I really hope they're actually gonna put it on Ninja Mac because that's the most exciting thing they could really yeah. do right now absolutely i think they will yeah i mean they they gave him a contract yeah so obviously they've got plans yeah and him. he's super over and he, so he's so yeah. over he, and he did the backflips like when he left the <laughs> ring after the challenge did the backflips to the back yeah that was cool too yeah and it's like so, yeah. there's obviously I mean, like so like because that's the other thing with like heidegg has been holding it for so long there's no fresh matchups left for him anymore yeah so put put and, it put it on Ninja <clears throat> Mac, and you have a ton of fresh matchups that he can like work through and everything. Well, also now that you've got Noah guys coming to the states, Paul, did you see they're doing Josh Alexander versus um, Katsuhiko Nakajima? Yeah, that, that's gonna rule. That's gonna be great. And with Ninja Mac as a GHC Junior Champion, you can get some title matches in the states. Yeah, I think can do some scrambles and GCW or whatever. <laughs> well, I think uh, I don't know. I was gonna say maybe they'll treat the title with a little more respect against the United States, but I don't know. Uh yeah, <laughs> sure. Now and then we go to the semi-main event, the Pro Wrestling Love Forever Two Outbreak match. Keiji Muro and Kazuyuki Fujita defeated Masakatsu Funaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima in 20 minutes and 35 seconds with the Shining Wizard on Muro from Nakajima in the least surprising results on the show. Yeah. Uh, although they had like video packages before the show and they sort of played up like the history of Mudo and Funaki. They showed like pictures of them training in the New Japan Dojo and they played up the history of Nakajima and Mudo because like All Japan was the first place that Nakajima landed after Wrestle 1 or not Wrestle 1, World mm-hmm. Japan folded. Yeah, no, there was definitely plenty of history here. So I thought they played that one up nicely. The match itself felt a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy it whenever like I actually enjoyed the in- the exchanges between Fujita and Nakajima. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I agree. They were good. Yeah. What do you think of Nakajima doing the handspring elbow and like the bulldog? I thought that was cool. Like, because again, like these are kind of, yeah. these are, these are nostalgia matches. Like again, these are like retirement matches. Like I don't mind it As here. long as he doesn't start doing it regularly. Yeah, exactly. If this becomes no Nakajima's finisher, then I will have an issue with that. But if... That wasn't exactly the best looking handspring. No. <laughs> it's clear why he's 
like a very let's say ground based wrestler <laughs> yeah uh, but i did like fujita like a basically like when he like had nakajima like pin like on not pin but like on the ground and then nakajima started slapping him and then fujita pretended that he was knocked out i thought that was really good <laughs> yeah i mean they had it moments but it yeah. just was too long because there's like um a long period i thought uh like not only a few minutes into the match was mudo just laid on the ground and they worked him over yeah. and he didn't do anything and stuff no. right so no, fujita carried this match <laughs> yeah definitely um and then so in your main event for the ghc heavyweight championship kaido kiyomiya defeated keno in 26 minutes and 41 seconds with the modified shining wizard See, it's different Kendall from fails. the previous match because it's a modified Shining Wizard, not a Shining Wizard. <laughs> in 2641, uh, Ken, uh, Keno fails on his first defense, but Kaito finally wins the GHC title again and is now begins his second reign. I thought the match was good, but it was not compared to their last couple of matches. No. And, I, and I've said I think Keno versus Kaito is like one of the best series of matches in wrestling in the last five years. I thought the last couple of minutes were pretty good, but not blow, blow away. No. But it just felt, I don't know what it was. It's just like felt, they didn't have the energy of their other matches early on, I felt. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just felt really weird because normally, like, yeah, as you said, like there's a lot of energy. You can feel kind of like the animosity between these two. They just always like go like balls to the wall at the beginning and they just didn't really do that. They just, I don't know, just, it didn't feel like a rivalry match. It just felt like, a random match, more or less. It was yeah. very bizarre. Do you think uh, Kano was having a case of boo-boo face? I mean, maybe. Like, I don't even think it's necessarily against him personally, anything against Kaido, but it's just like, I'm the champ and I just lose it again. Yeah. And I'm like the third reign or fourth reign in a row with zero defenses. I mean, maybe it's also... Because Kano felt so hot. Yeah. You know? I mean, what I will maybe say is that it might also be like, I don't know, like Kaito just doesn't really feel comfortable in the style. Like, he hasn't really fit. Because we, we've talked about this before. Like, Kaito's big problem is that he hasn't figured out his own, like, way. Because yeah. he was doing Misawa cosplay and now he's doing Mudo cosplay. But we still haven't really seen, like, Kaito Kiyomiya. Right. So maybe that's something that is, like, holding him back right now. Well, hopefully it's because he's actually trying to figure out who Kaito Kiyomiya is. Yep. But it's definitely kind of, hurt, it definitely hurt this match. And I'm just, I just don't like that he's just doing the Shining Wizard now. Well, Paul, I'm going to say this. Him doing the Mudo pose, kissing the fingers and the Shining Wizard actually bothered me more than the post-match. What did you think of the post-match? The post-match was not great either. I didn't see it in real time because I had to check out of the hotel and go to the airport. Uh... But going back and looking it over, it's just it's just your typical Fujita bullshit that is kind of to be expected. But yeah, it does hurt that Kaito is just really like doing this whole like fucking Keiji Muto Jr. stuff. Especially if Keiji Muto is in the previous match. Like if Muto <laughs> was already retired and he does it as like a homage or whatever, I'd probably have less of an issue. Whereas we just saw Muto do that. And then you yeah. do it in the very next match. Like, it's very yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't. That's why it bothered me so much, even more so than the post-match. Yeah. Because it just, it, um, like, I think at this point, it is actually starting to hurt Kaito in a way. Yeah. And the post-match was, you know, Fujita coming out with a can of beer 
can of uh, Sapporo, I believe it yeah. was, and he was acting like he had uh, had a few. <laughs> Which is and, probably uh, true. He, yeah. And he dumped uh, the beer on Kaido's head. Yeah. Which he's done to other wrestlers too, right? Yeah. Has he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a regular thing that he's done. Because they actually did that in the setup for uh, yeah. Nakajima versus Fujita, where Nakajima poured beer over Fujita's head. Right, right. Oh, yes, I remember yeah. that now, yeah. So, yeah. So, Paul, i got to say overall, this show was not up to some of the more recent Big Noah shows. I, I mean, what I will say... Maybe because of the top two matches yeah. were a little... I actually really liked the show. Like, I thought, like, after... Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, there's a caveat there. I really liked this show up until after the tag title match. Yeah. I thought it was an excellent show. Like, after the tag title match, like the heavyweight one, I thought this was on pace to be, like, a potential, like, show of the year contender if all of the, like... Right. Stuff at the top of the card delivered. And well, I didn't. thought Keno and Kaido were going to deliver another match. Yeah, exactly. In that case, I probably would have considered it. But as it is, I thought it was a good show overall. But, like, yeah, just the stuff at the top of the card just didn't deliver for me. Yeah. And then so coming up, we got uh, matches uh, on, I believe it's the national title on October 15th in Sendai, which is uh, Funaki versus Kitamiya. Um I think Kitamiya should, should absolutely win, win that Funaki reign. But he first. got the win in the N1, yeah. so I'm wondering if he's not. Like, what does the Kitamiya really do for Fujita, uh, Fujita for Funaki at this point? Yeah, uh, there's there's nothing. No. I just, but I feel like he could probably hold that title as long as he wants to. I don't know. Does he even really want to hold it anymore? That's the other thing. Like, I don't, I don't really know. feel like he even wants to have this title. Uh, to me, Kitamiya is like perfect for the title yeah. right now. Yeah. He's he's been great, yeah. and he's like. You know, not a top guy, but like a you know credible upper mid. No, but he's also kind of peaking in ring right now, so I think it's like the perfect time to like give him a single exactly. title. Like, yeah, he's never had a single title, yeah, because he's a heavyweight. So I think yeah. that's like the perfect moment to like give him a single title reign. For sure. And then um, there's a big show on October 16th, uh, demolition stage at Fukuoka International Center, which nothing has been announced for, which I don't think anything's been announced for. Which is sort of surprising, seen but because two weeks later we've got pro wrestling, uh, Ariaki Triumph, the return pro wrestling Love Forever Three Triumph at Ariaki Col- Arena, not Coliseum, um, which is a big building. It's like fifteen, sixteen thousand, I think, and it will have cheering. Yeah, and um, um, so so what will probably be the semi main event was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Tomoyaki Hanma and uh, Togi Makabe versus Keiji Mudo, uh, Naomichi Marafuji, and Yoshiki Inamura. Yeah, that should be. I mean, with cheering, that has the potential to be like a lot of fun. Yeah. But do you think I mean, you think Inamura is eating a high fly flow here? Oh, uh, maybe. Or Hanma, Hanma eats a shining lizard. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he. I mean, technically, I. I think Hanma's is Hanma a bigger jobber in his promotion than Inamura is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Hanma is a bigger jobber. Yeah, and then in your main event, it will be Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kazuyuki Fujita for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, Paul, do you really think Fujita's winning? <sighs> I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> you can never say you never. You can never I'm say never. Sixty forty, Kaito. Yeah, I like. I know that if he can actually get past Fujita, then it's then I'm really convinced it's like. 
sta- all stations go like full steam ahead with Kaido. Oh, Kiyomiya. if Kaido loses this, he is completely permanently yeah. fucked. Especially in a, in a in a venue this big. There's no big. coming back from that one. In a venue this big yeah. too. Yeah. So, especially because it's Fujita, so you know that if he beats him, it will be like in a very like definitive fashion as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if this would have been the match that I would have booked. For I this feel building. like the modified Shining Wizard taking out Iron Head. Eh, there's a story there. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm leaning towards. I'm still leaning towards Kaido at this yeah, point. Yeah, but you'll never know. Like we'll see. I yeah. definitely think there's a chance to be a really good match, though. Yeah. Especially if you get cheering. Oh, Paul, yes, definitely. I think it will be good. So that's sort of upcoming uh, in October for Noah. And Paul, I forgot to put this on the run sheet, but Paul, the forbidden door to the Ark has been actually opened. about to say the same because I also just remembered that this happened. So I was actually also yeah. just going to mention it. <laughs> yeah, the forbidden door is open. Yeah, Sting will be at Yokohama Arena for the Great Muda Good. Was it final bye bye? Yeah, final bye bye show or whatever. <laughs> final bye bye. Uh, I'm. I think it, they're teaming together, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I mean, they're in the same match. I just don't know if they're um, on a team or yeah. not. But that's going to be big. That will be Sting's first match in Japan since 1996. Oh, wow, that's wild. <laughs> Like he yeah. really 1996. I would have thought maybe like he had like something since then, but yeah, I can't think of anything. No, because he stopped wrestling in '96 for like a oh, year. Oh yeah, true. And then yeah, he obviously wouldn't have gone to Japan like in like '98 or whatever. No, and he was out for in late '98 with an injury into early '99. Yeah, and then he just never got back. I'm surprised he was never on like a hustle or one of yeah. those money mark shows. Like hustle also seems like someone that would have done like Sting versus Fake Sting or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that. Does Sting jump off of something? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Which, which building was that in again? Yokohama Arena. Oh, Yokohama Arena. Okay. Oh, there's not that much to jump. Yeah, off of exactly. Place. So, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll, maybe that's his requirement. It's just like I need something to jump off of. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be really good. Like, I, I'm actually looking forward to that. Like really curious what match they're actually going to do that if that's just going to be like a straight up tag match or if like something else there but I mean Muda and Sting are just very much tied to each other yeah and um, Sting was uh, like Sting never had like a uh, an extended run in Japan but he was always very over yeah so I'm wondering if people still remember him though because like you said it's been a while yeah but uh, yeah so that's something to look forward to and then we'll end the show with some quick DDT talk. Paul, on September 25th in the KOD Openweight uh, title match, Kazusato Higuchi defeated Kanosuke Takeshida with the Buchi Kamashi in 18 minutes and 57 seconds. It's sort of like a running headbutt. Yeah. Paul, this was incredible. Like four and a half oh, stars, yeah. match I, of the year contender. Yes, absolute match of the year contender. Like really high up there. Yeah. This was amazing. Was so good. And like, Okay, because I actually only watched this match from the entire show. Uh, was this a cheering show? Yes, it, it was. It was, okay. So it wasn't yeah. like they didn't actually make the crowd just break. It was actually a cheering no. show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, this was just amazing. Like, just nonstop action and just some absolutely insane stuff. Like, that noise when Higuchi hit the post. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then he he used a lot of headbutts too. Yeah. Right? yeah <laughs> match, 
And I just thought the finish was so awesome because like it's like the running headbutt, I guess, the boot the Bucci Kamarashi yeah. Mashi. And then he just collapses on Takeshida and, and pins, pins him. him. Yeah. And Takeshida got busted open. Yeah. A hard way. Like he's taking that's obviously some AEW, like he's been cursed, he's just gonna can't help but bleed. <laughs> yeah, but also Takeshida, like he's so good. <laughs> like yeah. just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like he said, and to, well, I mean, to, I mean, there's a great story here. Takeshita said he was going to take the KOD title with, with him to the U.S. Yep. And then Takeshi or Higuchi stopped him, and like even more, like I, you know, when Higuchi won the title, and he had that, like he was in the ring with the flag that Takagi gave him, and everything it's like he felt like the man. But this even made him feel like the man even more. Yeah. I mean, right? this is like, very just, much. I mean, he, talk about like putting a guy over, like establish him yeah. in his first like singles reign, like major title yeah. reign. Where like he beats yeah. both of the like, aces of the promotion, yeah, right out of the gate, like yeah. No, this is uh, this is a this is a proper push. Like th- this is really like make or break for Higuchi now. Yeah, it's funny though with him in the main event and they're them going full tilt. I feel like there's an even bis- bigger disconnect than there was before between the main event <laughs> yes. and the like mid card. I looked at some of the rest of the card and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can see why you recommended like only watch like the main event because I looked at the rest of it. Okay, like, I'll say this: Cara Noir versus Yuki Yuan. It was actually good. Oh, okay. Well, I guess. And Cara Noir's over. Yeah, I mean, now how know, long he can stay yeah. over, I don't know. Because that and like that's the thing with him; he's always over when he comes up because that entrance is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely it's uh, diminishing returns of him. So we'll see. Uh, look, the match was pretty good. I mean, well, obviously Ueno was yeah, in exactly. there too, but Noir carried uh, his end too. I thought. Okay. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I mean, there are always and, guys um, that just find like a second gear when they're in Japan. Because yeah. I was really a big fan of like Chris Brooks's work either before he became to Japan. So. Right. Um, and then oh, uh, after the main event. Uh, Shinya Aoki has um, one of those right to challenge things, mm-hmm. and then but then he just came out and said hey to Higuchi, sort of like reminding <laughs> him. But then Yukio Sakaguchi came out, and then that's like the October Corkin main event, mm-hmm. which got another crazy match, probably oh, with yeah. more insane strikes. What I what I actually really feel like as well, like watching Higuchi here, like he feels so different than every other champion in Japan right now. Yeah. Like, this is something, like, very, like, he has just that kind of unique aura that really, like, no one else has right now. No, for sure. So. And that's why, like, I'm, like, I'm going to watch DDT. I think we, we can definitely keep up with the Higuchi title We will matches. definitely be keeping yes. up with the Higuchi title matches. Yeah. And then finally, the Dio Grand Prix lineup. It's <laughs> oh, out of God. all of this the got quite, lineups, this, this is certainly one of them. The A block consists of Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, Joey Janela, Tetsuya Endo, Daisuke Sasaki, and Ricky Shane Page. <laughs> Why? The B block consists of Kazusada Higuchi, Chris Brooks, Mao, Yuji Hino, Cannon, and Yuki Onaya, which actually is pretty good. Yeah. And it's great to see Cannon in there, I think. Yeah. Like that B that block, actually, I like that one. Yeah. Um, a block, I like half of it. Paul. Uh, Takagi has one of the weirdest tastes in foreigners yeah. um, of any Japanese promoter. Just in terms of like, he's found, like, I mean, he got Brooks, right? Yep. And has turned him into something. He had um, Mike Bailey. Ba- oh, Chris Bailey. Chris, no, oh, Mike yeah. Bailey, yeah. Mike Bailey. Um, who else did he? 
Well, he brought in uh, Ricky Starks too, and I'll, I'll, but Starks wasn't quite established. But I will give him points because obviously, like, mm-hmm. you know, what he's become. Um, who else has been? In who, who was it again? I well, forgot his name. He was in like. Oh, Joey Ryan. Jo- no, not Joey uh, Ryan. It's uh, well, Joey Ryan was there too. Uh, yeah, that's he, unfortunate. Chicago seemed to love Joey yeah. Ryan too, right? Uh, and but that, who was that other guy? He was like he was like in Evolve as well. Uh, Andrew Everett. No, no, I don't remember his name now. But he's kind of gone away. He did like a yoga thing. Not, I don't remember. I'm totally drawn away yeah. on that. I never really watched Evolve. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. That A block looks a little dire. Yeah. I mean, like Ueno versus Endo should be good. Yeah. Um. So, off. Who do you? What do you think the finals are? The finals. Of, I, I could actually see them go and put Higuchi in the finals. Yeah. And then. I don't really don't know out of the A block comes out of. You that. want my take? I'm gonna go Hino versus Yoshimura. Hino versus Yoshimura, Hino really wins. interesting. And he and Hino wins. Ah, yeah. Hino versus Higuchi is gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't have a good feeling for like that. I I think that B block. I think there's also multiple people that could come off that. Hino, I think, is a good shout. I think Higuchi, I think, actually has a chance. I think Mao has a chance to come out of that. Whereas for that A block, I'm just like, I don't know. Endo, it's so random. It's so random. The people that are in there. Yeah. Are they gonna? I, I could I see Janela getting to the final. Yeah, Takagi loves Janela. Yeah. They put GCW shows in Wrestle Universe. Janela <laughs> <laughs> you know, versus Hino actually is a weird match. Actually, I would be kind of interested in seeing that. Yeah. Well, he'll uh, he'll take uh, Hino's offense and bump. Yeah, him, exactly. At least. Say whatever else you want about him. He'll do that. So, yeah, that is the Dio Grand Prix 2022. Uh, we'll see if I have any uh, enthusiasm <laughs> to cover it or not because I don't know at this point. Yeah, we'll see. Like, if there's, like, anything that sticks out, I think we're going to cover yeah, it. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so any final thoughts before we head out, Paul? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely Noah is on the right path and i think we'll see very definitively at the ariyaki show what path they're on yeah i agree and i would say all japan is on the right yeah. path and uh, definitely think, things so are looping two... up for both of them but yeah a yeah. little bit of anxiety right. still for noah sure just based on previous booking yeah. patterns and it's all right right yeah. been burned by both companies many yeah. times and i guess i have a plug before we go i was on the five star match game with the legendary wrestling podcaster Joe Gagne is the host on with uh, Jojo Remy and uh, Daniel Makabe. Yeah, that's an all-star and, uh, lineup. The, yeah, and the topic was uh, 90s Puro. So you can listen to that show and see if I made an ass of myself or not. <laughs> or, you know, we'll see. You should, should, But you should give it a mm-hmm. listen. It's on the, it's on its own feed. It's on the Voice of Wrestling podcasting feed, yep. too. So check that out. And it's a short list. It's like 32 minutes long. So listen on your way to work or something. Anyway, for Paul Vosh, I'm George Trulio, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.